Are you ready to deal with some really impressive main eventers today? Uh, yeah, I mean, I am pumped. Like, I thought Flair was big when we did him, but we're surpassing it. Yeah, easily, 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 easily. Um, is this the single best grouping of rest- wrestlers ever? Like, if this was a stable or a faction, it would be mind-blowing. They would never lose a Survivor Series uh, match together. No. No, they would rule them all. And it's weird. You're looking at it, and only two of them have ever teamed together. Uh, yeah, oh, I, actually, so. I don't think I don't think that's true. Cause I think one of them teamed with someone in an eight-man involving Ray Combs. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Just and actually two that. others in a Survivor Series match as well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Now entering the Royal Rumble. The man they call Virgil. V.I.R. V.I.R. Yeah, here he comes. So, 1992, this is after the biggest year of his life. Yeah, so he doesn't feel as scrubby as you would think in this match, um, because he literally had just lost a million-dollar title in, like, you know, November. He was still on par with, like, a guy like a Tito or whatever. You know, so, like, he's not, like, the bottom of the barrel in this match. He's a guy who's probably not going to win the freaking world title, but he at least feels like he belongs more than he would in future years. Well, he's... An important character on the show. Yes. Well, he's hitting the end of that run. But, I mean, look, he's on every pay-per-view in 1992, so. Right. Well, he's getting slapped around in the first first one of 1991. Right. Right. He's on every pay-per-view in 92. Yeah, but but he gets killed. Who does he? Oh, he's just a jobber by the end, though. Correct. But he still, they thought enough of him to put him on. They could use other guys in those spots. And he gets the win at Mania, so. Does he get the pin? Uh, I think he does, doesn't he? Uh, he has his nose broken, right? Yeah, and he falls on the... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he gets the win, yeah. Is he the best uh, Sid murder of that run? Yes. Yeah, it's good that he destroys Virgil. Uh, he comes in at number 23 to the 92 Rumble, mm-hmm. sprints out, and I, right away, am not a fan of the candy cane pants. No, I think he should have stuck to the boxing shorts. I think that was yeah. his first downfall, was those stupid pants, because it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, why are you suddenly wearing that? Yeah, no, it was odd. I, the boxing shorts were a much better look. It made him look bigger, too. Yeah, and he, he acted like a boxer. Right. He always danced around like a boxer, threw punches like a boxer. Yeah, it just made a lot more sense. It was a much more legitimate look that he had when he wore those at Mania and at SummerSlam. Yeah. But yeah, coming off his career year, he's with some big dogs. Rare title shot. World title's on the line for him. Bobby, of course, makes a joke that, you know, he's 23, so he had a chance for 22 other guys to go through the bags or whatever yeah. in the back. Uh, he goes right at IRS, and Undertaker just grabs him and starts choking the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, but then he spends a lot of time with Zerker getting worked over. eats a big boot, and he kind of settles into being a background guy right away. Well, it wasn't really necessary for Taker, IRS, and Berserker to team up on this man. <laughs> Look, anyone could be a threat, okay? Anyone. He could be a threat. I love, too, that Flair saves him from The Undertaker at one point, and he's one of the few guys who doesn't go after Ric Flair. Right. Well, then, he, see, as a man who uh, was employed by a very successful wrestler, he knows the benefits of perhaps 
you know, taking advantage of not having that guy against you as an enemy. Yeah. Do you think he was maybe gunning for a job with Ric Flair? It could have been, you know, or just aligning, knowing that Flair is going to be a cockroach and find his way to the end. So why not try and ride that wave a little bit? Uh, he does throw down a piper. Bob, Gorilla and Bobby both know that, like two best friends going at it. Do you think but, that's revenge for the uh, – like Piper beats the shit out of him, right? Do you think that's revenge for Virgil screaming at him at WrestleMania 7? Uh, yeah, I think so. His lack of compassion? Stand up! Stand up! He does take a shit-kicking from Berserker again. A lot of time on the mat. Uh, then he actually goes in Undertaker. He go, it, but he's clawing his face <laughs> um, <laughs> until Martel comes and pulls him off. Uh, like Berserker crushes him with a pile driver – and mm-hmm. IRS drops a leg on D's nuts, which I thought was strange. He does. Uh, he goes after Colonel Mustafa, but then it kind of devolves into, like, stumbling around and punching. Mm-hmm. Um, back to IRS, which I like because, like, number one, he has an issue with IRS. But also, as soon as he gets an upper hand, the big guys come in and destroy Virgil. Right. Yeah, no, they're pounding on him. Um, he almost does get Martell out through this as well. But back to Piper – uh, Hogan's kind of cleaning house around him and Piper and then him and Doug and Tang on the ropes and they end up eliminating each other off camera. And it even yeah. takes Gorilla and Bobby a moment to realize like who went out. So not really focused on as an elimination. Yeah. If you, if you try to focus on it, you'll see that he tries a cross body mm-hmm. and Duncan kind of catches him and they flip out, which is actually a pretty good elimination. Yeah. We just don't but, see it really. Yeah. It's given no time or space on this show. So, I mean, nothing much. The Piper stuff was kind of cool. But it's pretty much just the body in the background to pass by the screen time to time. They did puff him up a little bit. It's just a year where there was too much star power. If you had, like, the 93 field during his peak, maybe he stands out more. Maybe he wins the match in 1993. Right. Um, he's in there seven minutes, 29 seconds. And I found that, like, all the announcers did was call him a thief one time. Mm-hmm. And then didn't really mention him again. Crowd wasn't super into him. I'm at a one for presentation. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's kind of living off of the... Million dollar win. Yeah. Uh, I'm also the one for work rate. I, I think it's for the elimination. I, I like the elimination, even though it's off camera. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give him something. Yeah, same. And I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to give him a one for uh, effectiveness, too. Because, like, look, it's extremely hard for anybody uh, to get anything over Jim Duggan. Right. And Virgil eliminates him. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him a zero. I didn't, he didn't really do much. That lands him with a five for 1992. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Ric Flair in 2006? Probably not. What does Flair do in 2006? He just I don't comes know, out. It's Flair. No, he comes out and it's super uh, hot. Right. Um, Brian Blair in '88. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'll put him there. So that lands Virgil 1992 as the 164th uh, greatest Royal Rumble appearance of all time. That feels right. Yeah, even though it's 92. All right, so we go ahead a year to 1993, and he is out much earlier this time. He's in uh, almost at the start at number six. As he comes down, uh, you know, he's into a – he gets a decent pop, but uh, DiBiase meets him on the floor and clobbers him. Uh, he comes back and gets a flurry, and uh, – I'm sorry, meets him at the uh, as he comes in on the floor. But uh, And the fans are pretty into it. It's him and DiBiase were thrown down, kind of old rivals. They hadn't really crossed paths since late 91. Uh, Virgil even works with knobs. They beat on a common rival of DiBiase. The Nasties are feuding with him. And then he goes one-on-one with Flair. So kind of a big moment for him at this point in his run. He's laying in some shots. He gets a little shine with DiBiase, but even Gorilla calls it out. He says, Ted is, Ted's cleaning his clock. Literally. 
literally cleaning his clock. Yes. And I just picture him going over to his house and being like, all right, and like, is this the clock? And like taking the time to wash it down. So as we're talking about this too, it realized to me that for a guy that's kind of a punchline, he has a match on every pay-per-view from Rumble 91 until Rumble 93. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good run for him. Like, I mean, he's, that's a lot of pay-per-views. He's on like nine or ten straight. I would say until until after WrestleMania 8, I don't think he's a punchline. No, but at this point, yeah. I know, so half. Yeah. But looking back, you think of him as a punchline, I guess is my point. But he's in like a ton of pay-per-view matches in the stretch. He gets a spot in every show. Even I would, t- Tuesday in Texas. I mean, I, I could check if you want, but I'm pretty sure he has more pay-per-view matches than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah, and that feels insane, but mm-hmm. like... Yeah, so that's that's kind of like I don't know. To me, that feels like a crazy, like a crazy stat that he would have that many more appearances than someone who's considered like legendary like that, yep. right? Yep. Uh, so now, yeah, good. Oh, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Okay, so here's some guys he has more matches than he's got okay. eight pay per view matches. He's got more than Don Morocco, right? Which I guess is is fine. He's got more than Dean Malenko. He's got more than Akeem. He's got more. And that's than not counting rumbles, though. Is it eight? Because he should have more than that. I'm not counting the rumbles. Okay, the rumble so matches. so count the rumbles. He's got yeah, he's got more. Yeah, but all 11. these guys too. Yeah. More than Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. More than King Kong Bundy. So it's like it's it is kind of a, a sneaky long resume for a guy you wouldn't right. think of. Right. Um, how do you feel about the black stripes on his pants? I don't like those either. No, they're probably better than the red, but the boxing shorts are the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't understand how he and Bob Backlund together can't lift Jerry the King Lawler out. Uh, Lawler's, you know, low-key kind of fat. I guess. And he also saves Max Moon from a Lawler punch. <laughs> He's um, trying to band he... together with the fellow jobbers. Well, yeah, does he have an affinity for, like, another outsider? I think so. Yeah. But uh, he goes at Ted a lot, goes at King, like you said. I thought he had some more aggression this year than last year. Brings fight the fight more, kind of stands out a little bit more. I know it's a thinner field. Uh, Lawler saves him from Flair, and then he kind of rotates between Flair, DiBiase, and Lawler. But it's usually just him eating shit from all of them. Uh, a lot of time with the King, he works with Skinner. Back to DiBiase. Tenru just walks away from him. He doesn't want nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. And at one point, Virgil gets worked over by Skinner. Like, imagine how low you are on the card in 1993 getting beat up by Skinner. Yeah, it's it's low. They had the big match at the Province Civic Center in the King of the Ring. Oh. 91. Also, like, he holds Lawler for Perfect at one point, and Perfect just walks away from him. And then later, Perfect shoves him down and gives him, like, a little kick in the back of the head. Was this a message (laughs) of some kind? Stay away from me. I don't like you. And I think it's an indict. I'll be honest. I think it's an indictment on Ted DiBiase that he spent all this time with Virgil and can't get him out. <laughs> He's just hanging on. Maybe he just like it's like a crease Johnny Lawrence thing where he just has this like little bit of a um, affinity for him, you know? Mm. Yes, fair enough. He he tries to ch- like okay, so he chops Bob Backlund in the chest at one point. And Backlund, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it looks like he stiffs the shit out of him with some forearms. Yes. But he just rolls around a lot. Like, he takes those shots and rolls around. He goes a berserker. 
um, as the perfect fiasco is unfolding behind him, all that stuff going on with Lawler. And after yeah. all that time, he just gets thrown off camera again. <laughs> Gorilla mentions it in passing. Virgil's gone. <laughs> like, there's not yeah. even much of a comment about it. So, again, a long outing, just not much going on. Uh, beyond seeing him throw down with some true legends, a little revenge with DiBiase, some good aggression, but it faded as it went. Yeah, see, I don't get why Mr. Perfect hates this guy so much. Like, he tried to help him a bunch of times. Like, did Perfect, did, like, Virgil go through his bag the year before? Maybe. Maybe Perfect was pissed, yeah. Yeah, and I love to, I, like, they re, Berserker and him go at it again. Yeah. Which is a nice tie-in to the year before. But, like, I don't know, like, Berserker, like, he, at one point he jumps on Berserker's back and, like, kind of rides him around the ring. <laughs> and, it like, it looks like a child trying to hold back their dad at the dinner table, you know, like. <laughs> And then, yeah, he gets tossed, and they barely even mention it. Like, I don't know. Like, he's active, but it's 17 minutes of nothing with the announcers right. not talking about him. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. I gave him the one for presentation just because when he does come in and with DiBiase, like, there's at least enough there. And like you said, I mean, DiBiase can't eliminate him. He lasts a while. So he's, like, presented at least of enough of a presence to not just get pitched out right away. Like Papa Shango. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm at a zero. I just, there's no focus given to him. I did give him a one, though, for work rate, because I did think he was somewhat energetic. Yeah, no, me too. He brought a lot of energy. But he's not effective at all. Zero effective. Zero, zero. That gives him a score of three. Is he better in 1993 than Luke in 1989? Probably not. Coco Beware, 1990? No. Warlord, 89? No. Michaels, 89? No. Crush, 1991? Yeah... It's comparable because they, they're around the same length, right? Right. I think Virgil's probably a bit more active. Yeah, he's at least got the DiBiase stuff. Yeah, a bit more important to the match than Crush mm-hmm. just kind of lumbering around doing nothing. Right. All right, so that lands Virgil, 1993, as the 176th <laughs> best Rumble appearance of all time. Yep, yeah, it feels right. But, but we're not done. We got one more blip, 1994, where he's an alternate, and they call him out as an alternate, replacing yeah. Kamala. Vince makes sure we know it. He's like, he's just an alternate for Kamala, who couldn't make it. So he wasn't even supposed to be in this match. He was still hanging around a little bit on TV um, as, like, a job guy. I think he does through a little bit into 94, but really nothing of consequence at this point. Like, he is not meaning much. He comes in at number 10, and it's during, like, the Diesel Jesus push dominance time. Yeah. So Diesel's alone, solo in the ring, and Virgil just gets fed right to him. DiBiase even says, like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> like, I thought he was dead. Uh, he gets sacrificed quickly. He gets a little flash of offense, and DiBiase mocks him pretty much, like his plight of getting slugged in the face and thrown out. He's like, well, tough yeah. night for Virgil. <laughs> That's it. He's uh, laughing. Ha! He's, the laugh is so loud. <laughs> he loves it. He loves seeing Virgil getting Molly Womp. So I gave him all zeros. It was just a throwaway to feed another guy to Diesel. I agree. I think... I think this is the best Ted DiBiase is on commentary during the match. Yeah. <laughs> Mocking Virgil, <laughs> loving it. He hates Virgil. Uh, I think he does a good job putting over Diesel. He takes some stiff elbows. Mm-hmm. I love the DiBiase stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's zeros across the board, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to punish him like a, like a zero across the board. Like, right. You know, like, is he better than Luke 1995? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like he's the best of the zeros. Yeah, yeah. You could argue this was better than 93 in some ways, but, um, yeah. I mean, I'd rather, wa- I'd rather watch it mm-hmm. than watch the 93 one. 
All right. So as King of the Zeros, that's 197th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. All right. So Soon to be we, in the 200s. <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the 200s. Look, before we move on, Virgil's got a total of three Royal Rumbles. Total time, 25 minutes and nine seconds. Average ring time, eight minutes. And one elimination. Hmm. But that elimination, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Well, that's worth one. at least that's worth like five, right? Yeah. Uh, what's going on with ECW? Uh, there's a lot, especially every other Thursday when myself, Matt Souza, Jenny Smith take you on an extreme three way dance through the history of ECW. We're into summer of 1996. We're in the crux of the Raven Sandman feud with Lori and um, Tyler Fullington being involved in that, and of course all the stuff with Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee. And the gangsters and the Eliminators are in the middle of their red-hot feud. So just a lot of just insanity going on in the ECW arena, and we're chronicling it all for you every other Thursday. Lovely. And you're also chronicling 90210, right? I am. Yeah, every single episode, along with my partner on the show, Tim Capel, we have rotating guests. That's usually every two to three Fridays that'll drop. Uh, the newest one, uh, you know, should if it hasn't been on a recent Friday, you can guarantee within three weeks there'll be another one. We're moving toward the back end of season one, which we're super proud of that we've made it this far already. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun to do. We break down each episode. We do a bunch of awards at the end, tracking all the long-term storylines. And it's, it's a blast to do. Uh, Tim's obviously easy and fun to talk to. So we have a good time. Yeah. Tim's the best. Uh, I still, I still have things that Tim said in chats or on calls that I say to my wife to annoy her. <laughs> so thank no. you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> one especially is Dioc. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely annoy her with that. So, Tim, thank you for giving me more ammunition for my gun. Also, uh, AEW, uh, if you're a fan of AEW, you know what that means. Jordan Duncan and Andy Reich, every two months, uh, not two months, every two weeks, <laughs> yeah. every two months, they're lapsing a bit. No, they break down. It, it's a breakdown, but it's not a breakdown because mm-hmm. they kind of cover the previous two weeks of whatever AEW was. Right. Um, if you're a fan, what's great about it is you can tell that both these guys are kind of reinvigorated by the product. Yes. They really like it, and it's kind of brought them a little bit back to their fandom. So that's mm-hmm. what makes it fun to listen to. So give them a listen. You know what that means every other Friday on North-South. Yep, they do a great job. Now entering the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Is this a guy you ever wanted to see in a Royal Rumble? Nope. <laughs> is it a guy I ever wanted to talk about a podcast or be in a Royal Rumble? Nope. So is, is it because he's <laughs> Colonel Mustafa? Like, would you be happier if the Iron Sheik had come out? Not at this point. He's just so washed. He marches out at 24. Okay, cool. Gorilla forgets talk? his name. <laughs> but can, can we talk about the march, though? Yeah. He has so much trouble keeping up with, Cur- with General Adnan that he has to like do like a mini jog. Just to keep up with this fucking old ass General Adnan. They're not in sync with their arms. Like, he's so fast and, like, Adnan is so slow that, like, they eventually catch up, but, like, for, like, a second. It's a mess. Why is, why is he doing the bushwhacker walk? Why was that a thing? 
I don't know. I don't know why he thought that was a march that their Iraqi soldiers did. It was. But there's another group that does it in the company. Right. It's odd. The whole thing is odd. The whole character was odd. I don't know why they didn't just bring him back as the Iron Sheik and just say he's defected. Like, Sergeant Slaughter didn't change his name to defect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they could have easily just said the Iron Sheik, at least add a little cachet to it. And but even then, I, I think he's just so washed up. He's not a, doesn't feel like a threat. Doesn't look like a threat. He's massively overweight. He's very he slow. Ropes. He needs the ropes to stand up. He's very boring. I mean, Gorilla doesn't even remember his name. He just says, "This guy's dangerous." As he comes in, <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby says, "His slow entrance is a great battle plan." I mean, it's like they're trying to cover all he can. He goes right after Duggan. Slow choke. Is he on mad him. about the drug bust still? Yeah, I think he's just still angry because it probably cost him his job back then for good. So he also uh, has no idea how to sell hacksaw's punches. He's he's lost. I, I would argue him and Nikolai are the two worst guys in this match, right? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe she can Volkov are in this rumble. Right? Is this the first time they're in the ring together since 1986? <laughs> I even think of that. Yeah, that's funny. Right? They should have had us put them in together. At least had them work together. It might have meant something. But come out um, as one number. It's awful. Uh, so he beats on Virgil, ambles around, goes after Piper. He tangles with Savage on the ropes and gets gingerly dumped out. Just a complete waste of a slot. Like, accomplished nothing. Yeah. The only thing you could say it's cool is, like, Iron Sheik was in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. there's nothing else positive about this. There had to be somebody else on the roster they could have stuck in here. Just put the Mountie back in. Yeah. And and give him the exact same amount of time. Um, I Why does he still have the Iron Sheik boots? Did Hussein else? have no boats boots for one of his colonels? I don't know. Uh, Hussein's yeah. out of power by this point anyway, so he's got no say. <laughs> Maybe no he say took the boots back after the failure of 1991. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. You give me the boots back. <laughs> you don't beat Hulk Hogan. You give me boots. <laughs> A mess. Um, yeah, I mean. It feels like they saw him get thrown out of this one and were like, there's no way we can throw him out of the ring at the gimmick battle royal. Like, he's going to get hurt. Right. Like, exactly. Just how 10 years after this. So. Yeah. I will say he's not as happy to be there as Nikolai, so I feel less angry about it. Yeah. Anyway, he's zeros across the board for me. This is – Yeah. It's a useless run. Yeah. Um. So do you want to just put him with Nikolai? Yeah, that's fine. But not below. No. Do you think we'll get anything below Nikolai? Mm, yeah, I mean, this years later, with his guys who don't care about, <laughs> you know, maybe. Michael Cole enters the Rumble. Correct. You know who I do care about? Ryan Gray. Do you? I do. Because he does uh, WWE pay-per-view previews every time there's a big show on North-South Connection. He does, and he also, at the end of the year, did a year in review, along with Mike Eller and Mike Rossi. They went through AEW, Indies, and OD to do, like, Observer-style awards, which is really good as well. Absolutely. I thought that was a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a great job covering the year. And if you like the soothing sounds of Ryan's voice, he's also delving deep into late WCW. WCW must die with our buddy Johnny C. Yes. Yep. That's uh, usually every other Wednesday. Here on the North-South, and uh, Ryan's on most of those. If not, Johnny brings in a special guest, but yes. That's right. That's right. And on Tuesdays, Tuesdays, you get Jake Williams and the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast. Mm -hmm. Jake has been a stalwart going through the Ruthless Aggressive era since the very beginning of mm -hmm. the North-South Connection podcast. He's probably been our most consistent guy. Uh, and every week, 
he brings every other week, excuse me, he brings in a guest and they delve in and they're just about finished 2002 now. So yep. they're really getting into the, the Triple H stuff. So it should be interesting going forward. Yeah, they'll be building to the Rumble soon and eventually the Mandy 19, which will be a lot of fun. Because it's a big transition era. Like, 02 is a transition year, but it's after 19 is really where the big changes start to happen, where the names start to vanish, and they have to start relying on some of the newer stars and younger faces. So be interested to see how that affects the week-to-week as they're covering all the TV as well as the pay-per-views. Exactly. Uh, so check it out. Uh, Ruthless aggre- the Ruthlessly mm-hmm. Aggressive podcast every other Tuesday on North-South. And that rotates with the recently returned, Aaron, TNA yeah. Never Dies. You, me, and Jenny Smith going through NWA TNA. We're in uh, March-ish, April-ish, 03. So kind of close to where Jake is, honestly, not too far yeah. off time-wise. So uh, a lot of same old, same old happening there. But, of course, it's a, it's a dip into insanity, that show. It sure is. I mean, you got a show with Eric Watts, Brian Lawler, and David Flair as, like, the top heel group. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. A very lot. Yeah, but Jenny holds us together, I feel. She's the glue. Jenny is the glue. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Skinner. I love how Gorilla always combined Filthy Pig into one word for Skinner. Yeah, That's Filthy I, Pig Skinner. Yeah, and the way you're saying it is exactly how Gorilla says it, mm-hmm. but it makes him sound like he's skinning pigs. <laughs> yes. Because he calls yes. him a pig skinner, right? Yes. As opposed to that Filthy Pig, comma, Skinner. Uh, he gets the vaunted number 27 spot in the 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, he does. That's uh, one of the more infamous spots. And it's really showing you, as much as we laud Rumble 92 and gush over it, there definitely is this real sluggish stretch of competitors that we're hitting. You know, and we love Berserker, but like, you know, Berserker, IRS, Virgil, Mustafa, Skinner, like, it's a real rugged stretch late in the match. That being said, they all come in when, like, Piper, Hogan, like, you know, uh, Flair, like, everybody's mm-hmm. still in there. So it's like... Right. It's, it's it'd hidden. be one, yeah. It'd be one thing if it was like 1999, and it's right. like Al Snow and Bob Holly are in there, you know. <laughs> right. It's not as glaring um, when they're buried, but he comes out late. Bobby says if he spits in someone's mouth, it'll take him right out of the match. It'll be kind of gross. Uh, he throws down with Piper. Hogan comes at him. Skinner chokes him in the corner. Kind of a big moment for him in the match. Would Gets to choke be, Hogan. Would he be Hulk Hogan's least credible opponent ever? Um. Beefcake at Starcade '94. Oh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he chokes. He chokes Hogan with a shirt he found on the floor. Do you think he found his own shirt somewhere on the floor? Wasn't Hogan's shirt that IRS had been carrying around? He was using. Yeah, yeah. that's the one he finds on the floor to choke Hogan. Right. I'm talking yes. about the shirt he's wearing. Did he find uh, that on the floor somewhere? No, it was in the swamp. Oh, okay, that's why he's a filthy pig. He fends off Martell, tries to dump Piper, but Martell comes from behind and throws him out. So not not much here. Um, cool to see him have a little success with Hogan. And I thought yeah. some of his strikes looked decent, too. Uh, something I, I'd never noticed until this one, because I was really focusing on him, and it's in the picture-in-picture when someone else is coming out, mm-hmm. is he tries to make an alliance with Martell. 
Like, he makes an alliance with Martell. It's happening as Slaughter's coming out. That's how you survive like, in the swamp. Yeah, but I love it. I'd never noticed. I'm, yeah. I'm happy that I'm discovering new things about the match, right? Right, right. Like, he, they, they team up, and then Martell immediately betrays him. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Martell's much more wily in the ways of the Rumble, so. Yeah, I mean, and also, it makes sense that Martell would want the dirtiest guy in the ring out of the match. <laughs> right. Um, I love, there's a spot where, like, Hogan clotheslines Flair, and then just keeps his arm out and clotheslines Skinner. <laughs> yes. I love that spot. Like, it's like the momentum of going through Flair. Uh, crushes Skinner, and as he goes out, um, Gorilla's like, the spitter, the alligator man, has been eliminated. I remember being so excited to get the Skinner uh, Hasbro figure. Oh, really? This is cool that they made one, you know? I, he's one of those guys that I wish they would make uh, a figure today of. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't. They made everyone, everyone now, else. You know who, I think the biggest omission in figures right now is actually Double J. Is that because of all the issues they had? I mean, he was back for a few years in the good graces. I guess when he came back, I was excited because I'm like, oh, they're going to make one finally. Mm. But, I mean, they just released the goon. God, yeah, they're really digging deep. So it's like you can't do Skinner? It's filthy pig Skinner. Why not? With a pig? I had zero for presentation. <laughs> yeah, I'm at zero. I have one for work rate. I thought he was fine. He skinned the cat at one point. Yeah, through the punch, good punches. Actually, one for effectiveness too. I don't know. <laughs> Two minutes, like you, he didn't feel like a complete waste. I, I gave him credit because, like you said, he's one of the least credible opponents ever. But he still managed to choke out Hogan for a second there. So, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll bump him up one. Yeah, I'll give him a one for uh, uh, effectiveness too. That lands him at four points. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he better than Luke, nineteen ninety one? No. Akeem, nineteen ninety. Mm, probably not. Crush, 1997. Yes. Even though Crush starts that? All right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to defend Crush, 1997. I mean, he does have a little pull-apart without Mad, but the memory just does nothing else. He just, like, rolls around. Oh, with Phineas, they just roll around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that crap. They're equally dirty, though, so it's good they're back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So Still Skinner, good. 1992, 169th uh, best Rumble appearance of all time. All right, let's fast forward a year. He's a little bit earlier this time. He's in at number 11. He's got a big smile, goes right at perfect, and goes to Lawler, which felt very Memphis-y when they went at it. Uh, yeah, Gorilla's, Gorilla's, like he, yes. Gorilla's like he's happy to be here. Well, he says, this is the only way Skinner would ever get a world title match. <laughs> like, what a fucking com- comment. Like, just yeah. completely shitting on this guy is worthless. <laughs> that should be, like, a, our first ever minus one for presentation. <laughs> it says, like, this guy is such a fucking bum. He would never have a shot at winning a title otherwise. Uh, he spends a moment with Perfect with some, you know, gets the usual nice punches in, chokes yeah. Virgil, cranks on Backland. He does the skin the cat again, uh, but this time it backfires as Perfect drop kicks him out when he comes back in. Oh, this is where he's, he doesn't skin the cat in any two. This is where he skins the cat. Excuse me. Okay, it was here. Uh, but nothing at all. Just a couple of decent strikes. Useless. Gorilla calls him Filthy Pig as he gets eliminated as always. So there you go. He punches and hugs Backland. And ba- like Backland hugs him. Like that's how much of a baby face Backland is that he hugs right. Skinner. Yes. Uh, I, there's one point where Perfect uses his head like the Bushwhackers as a battering ram. That was yeah. different, I guess. Uh, stands on Virgil's neck and tummy. I don't know. Yeah, this is nothing. I I do like the elimination. I think the elimination's okay. Like he get he sells that drop kick well, really well. Yeah, I'm gonna bump it to a one for the work rate. Oh, look at you. Zeros elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, zero. I just have one for work rate. I love too that like when Skinner gets thrown out, Bobby's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up. 
Like, and then, like, he goes, I should get it. I'm going to take it to you or I should get in there. He says something to Monsoon. Mm-hmm. And then Monsoon goes, oh, yeah? And Bobby <laughs> goes, like, well, it's my bad back. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So you're bumping him up on a one there. So that gives him a score of two. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm mad for, uh, for good old Skinner. Filthy pig. He is a bit of a filthy pig. That's true. Uh, that gives him good. Okay. So is he better than Hercules 1992? Uh, no, because Herc is in there during the boss man flare stuff, right? I was yeah, and, he, him. and he eliminates Barbarian. He does something. Yeah, yeah. Honky 1990. Probably not. Dino Bravo 91. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right. So Skinner. Skinner is going to, uh, 1993 is going to finish as the 183rd greatest <laughs> Rumble appearance of all time. So these main eventers, I promised off the start, are really delivering. Yes, stepping up. You know what's always a main event, though? Second print comics. Yeah. Mark, Mark Claire, and Remzo Martinez, every single Sunday uh, on the North-South Connection since the beginning, bring you in-depth analysis of some of their favorite comic stories. Mm-hmm. And you uh, know just, who's super... Yep, God, sorry. Go on. No, finish up. That was the end. Okay. You know who's super effective? Who? Marcus Fuller. Because <laughs> when he teams up with Tim Taylor, a viewer's yeah. choice to recap every major wrestling pay-per-view events or uh, premium live event uh, right after they air. They deliver that to us on North South and they're great quick synopsis are under, you know, 40 minutes. Usually just give you a quick breakdown of what you, what you need to see, what you can miss, what worked, what didn't. They do a great job. They obviously have great chemistry and Marcus is also great on wrestling above replacement. That's every other Friday here. It's me and him are going through every duty after the pay-per-view season and breaking down each pay-per-view by a series of plus-minus to give an overall rank all-time of every pay-per-view event. And then we do some year-end awards at the end of every season as well. We're toward the end of 2011-12 now um, as we're narrowing down the end of our second season. So check that out every other Friday. Every other Friday. Also premium content on Saturdays, uh, Cowboy and Logan. Mm-hmm. are doing from squared circle to silver screen covering movies either about wrestling or starring wrestlers or with a wrestling theme or whatever. Uh, they've been going at it strong since the beginning of this network too and continue to pump out quality episodes each and every time they come out. They sure do. And Cowboy's also been leading the charge. I don't think they've missed a week uh, on this week in the NFL. Him and D'Amato and Cowboy Sr. Ryder pops in every now and then. D'Amato's even done some solo ones just to make sure they don't miss a beat. And they've been carrying us right through the uh, NFL playoffs as well. So sure check that out. I usually drop sometime between Thursday and Saturday. Yeah. And often around that time, too, you're still dropping behind the connection, right? Yeah, that's uh, usually every other week-ish. I've been trying to keep that schedule. Uh, I've been generally dropping it on Wednesdays. I'll just have a chat with a friend or an acquaintance. I've had some big guests, you being one of them. That was a big get for me to get you on there. A uh, fun episode with D'Amato, Rocco, Ryan Gray, Peter Winson. It also was able to uh, nail down the elusive Graham Cawthon for a great interview as well that dropped recently. So uh, a lot of fun that show is. Hopefully you check it out. I try and keep them right around an hour, just throw on some classic wrestling and just bullshit. So it's a lot of fun. Now entering the Royal Rumble.
28 in 1992. And a surprisingly good pop. I guess all is mm-hmm. forgiven. Yeah, he had had the turn. He got his country back <laughs> late, late 91, kind of trying to atone for his sins. He even has a match, I think, where he eradicates Mustafa and Adnan, I believe, at MSG. I think it's a two-on-one. It can't um, be before this. I, uh, yeah, it's around here. But he Mustafa's does... Mustafa's not eradicated yet. He just dealt with it. <laughs> he does uh, team with Duggan, too, around here. And they were actually being prepped to challenge for the tag titles at WrestleMania at this point. So Really? Yeah, that was the original tag title match at WrestleMania 8, them versus Money Inc. I would have rather that match than the match we got. Mm-hmm. He you comes out... Uh, yes, he comes out. He's a very good, uh, very good draw for him. And, you know, they put him over. He's a former world champion. Big additions to the match. Like, look, this guy just a year ago won the world title. So why yeah. can't he be a threat? He goes right at Flair, a cool little legends battle with the two of them thrown down. And he feels cool. Like, he goes at Hogan, puts a lot into his strikes. He stands out a bit, too. A lot of good facials and movements. He did not feel overmatched at this point in here. No, he did look super old, though. Like, I found with the bald spot, I just find yeah. he, looks, he looks very old. He's with Flair when Flair makes becomes the record holder. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, Slaughter's hands are right on Flair's penis. <laughs> He's congratulating him. <laughs> He's giving him the, the old shake. There you um, go. Yeah, I love too when he comes in there, like, 310 pounds and he is fresh. And they talk about how hand-to-hand combat is his forte. Very much his forte. And I believe that's so because I watched him dismantle Serpentor. Yes, ripped him apart. You just destroy that man. The um, so he goes to Martelli, almost eliminates him, but he hangs on. Ends up in the corner with Savage and almost throws him out too. A lot of close calls. At one point, we get Sarge, Hogan, and Savage all going at it, which is yeah. kind of big time stuff. That was cool. Uh, but then he makes his fatal mistake. He goes at Sid, who's just on <laughs> fire when he comes in. Uh, Sid turns the tide on him, and then we get the awesome elimination where Sid just whips the shit out of him across the ring as hard <laughs> as he can, and Sarge does his classic bump. Um, and the camera framing is perfect for all the ones they've missed. Yeah. This was a wide shot on the full ring. So you see the whip slaughter hits the corner, hits the post and flies out to the floor. Maybe his last great bump before he winds it down. Uh, just an awesome, awesome spot. And I just a fun showing. Like he had some dream pairings. He felt like a star in all time elimination. It was tight. Like he felt like he fit in. I, I liked this one more than I thought. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. Um, I, I mean, Slaughter in 90, by 92, I think I'm really done with Slaughter, you know, as a, as a fan. Like, I just, I never bought, I never bought him after he was the face here. I never liked it. Um, but I, I was surprised with how much I liked this. Like, mm-hmm. I like that he went after Hogan. There's one point where he just walks up and punches him once, then walks away. <laughs> okay. Um, I love him working with Savage. I hope that he apologized to Randy Savage for not giving him the title shot the year before. Yes, he definitely should have because it ended he, up screwing he, him all up. And I, he kind of has this weird, like, uh, the habit in this match where he doesn't seal the deal. So he does it both with Savage and Martel, where he tosses them out, and then they land on the apron, but he walks away. Mm-hmm. And it ends up biting him, I think. Yes. Yeah. But I love the elimination, too. Um, I will say that when he gets thrown out, no one seems to really care. Like, there, oh, there's, I... there's oohs and ahs about what the elimination is, but I don't think it's like, ah, oh, Slaughter's gone. No, I mean, it's so it's such high stakes, and Hogan's out there, Sid's out there, Savage is out there, Flair, like, yeah, it's yeah. just impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so he fits in, but he's not top tier anymore. No, but, it, like, given where he was and where he'd been, like, it still feels like a win for him to even be this hot. I agree. 
I agree. He lasts four minutes and 37 seconds. Mm-hmm. And um, I gave him a three for presentation. I thought he was presented well as a former champ. They, they kind of pumped him up as someone who could do some damage. And he did get to go toe-to-toe with everybody. Right, and he came in late. It was a little big players. Yeah, they talk him up as a former champion, another big threat. Yep, agreed, three. Yeah, I'm at a two for work rate, and it's almost all for that elimination bump. Same, same. He had a couple of fun little spots, too, but yeah, that was the big one. And yeah. I gave him a one for effectiveness for the same reason. Like, it was such a great elimination. It made Sid look like a monster, um, taking that bump out and, and helping Sid get over even more in the match. Yeah, I gave him a zero, but I think it's because I rewarded him on the mm-hmm. uh, work rate. So that gives him a score of 11. Pretty good. I mean, that, that, that's our greatest guy today, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. All right. So is he better than Akeem 1989? Probably not, just because of the Twin Towers Hogan stuff. Boss Man 99. In a vacuum, maybe, but Boss Man's such a big part of that match. Yeah. The Berserker 92. Yeah. I don't know. I like the Berserker's run more, I think. Yeah, I know. The elimination. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Danny Davis, 88. I'll let you make the call on that one. Goes below. Okay. But better than the Texas Tornado, 1992. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your magnanimity in that moment. All right. All right. So that lands Sergeant Slaughter, 1992, our best one of the day, as the 109th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Hey, not bad. It's almost at the halfway point. Yeah. That's 109 of 211. So he's yeah, above. Okay. Yeah. I know he's below the halfway point, but that's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, that rounds it out for today. Uh, before we get out of here, do you want to go through our top 10 performances, which aren't changed, but just Let's as a reminder. Yeah, All right. Number 10, we have The Undertaker in 2007. Number nine, Brett the Hitman Hart, 1994. Number eight, The Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Number seven, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number six, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Five, The Undertaker, 2002. Number four, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Eight, Hulk Hogan, 1989. Number two, Shawn Michaels, 2010. And number one, still holding strong, Ric Flair, 1992. Yeah, I'll see if he even gets touched. Uh, I mean, he's a lock to at least finish tied for first in this project, so. Oh, yeah, one. Right, I mean, well, he's, yeah, got he's, got 10, scores, he's got a perfect score. He's got a perfect score. I love that the top ten has one, two, three, four, five, only six different people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, now, as you know, we also track the uh, individual performers. You had to have been in three matches to, to qualify for this, this, this honor. And so far, we've ranked 34 guys. And I only mentioned 34 because Virgil does make our top 34. <laughs> Very good. Because he... Um, because he he did three Royal Rumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virgil is currently sitting at 32nd out of 34. All right. Not bad. He's not last. One spot behind Terry Taylor. One spot ahead of Luke. Uh, we'll go through our top 10, though, before we get out of here. Okay. Uh, the number 10 best rumbler of all time, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number nine, Mr. Perfect. Eight, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number seven, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number six, Ric Flair. Number five, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number four, The Hitman, Bret Hart. Number three, The Undertaker. Greatest of all time, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Number one, The Immortal Hulk Hogan. And no change, but the top ten still makes sense. I think it might be a little while before we get some dents in this top ten. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. 
Yeah, like, I mean, in our next few episodes. I mean, unless we're going whole hog for Sid, right? Yeah, but even that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. He doesn't qualify, sadly. <laughs> yeah, it might be the summer before we're touching anyone that does, so moves up. But we'll yeah. see. All right, that'll do us. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Going whole hog. Keep on rumbling in the meantime.